thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the Old Republic. Before the dark times. Before faking Star Wars radio. That's right, we're back for all you fakers with a special Life Day episode of Faking Star Wars Radio, the official podcast of FakingStarWars.net. Thanks for tuning in today. Here's what we have in store for you. We have a duel of the fakes, an unboxing of a brand new Star Wars product, all kinds of fantastic speculation, a poll, some listener mail, and some great surprises, so stay tuned. My name is Storm Duper, and joining me today is my co-host, IG69. Hello, everybody. Well, um, IG, Storm Duper has been a good little boy this uh, for this life day because uh, Sheev left me a product uh, under my pillow, uh, something I've been waiting for for three years now. It's very exciting. Um, one, I doubt that you've been a good little boy. Uh, two, when did Sheev become the Santa Claus of the Star Wars universe? <laughs> and three, what did you get? <laughs> um, well, you know, I mean, a good little boy is relative to my behavior, you know, in years past. Uh, two, Sheev has always been our uh, Santa Claus. And three, um, I got a Sphero BB-8 uh, remote-controlled app-enabled droid. So we're going to do a little unboxing here on the podcast. Some might think this is a better format for video, but we think you'll get a better effect just over the uh, podcast. So it comes in a really nice box. The box is made out of cardboard. Wow. I've never seen a cardboard box before. It's very exciting. Um, It has a picture of BB-8 on the box so that you know that inside there's also a BB-8. Oh, that's clever. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it doesn't really uh, leave a lot of ambiguity about what's in the box. It's sort of that Apple uh, computer style box, you know. It looks like a little bit more expensive cardboard. It kind of glistens a bit. So before, so before you open the box, is there both a BB-8 and nothing in the box? Is this like Schrodinger's droid? <laughs> yeah, is the BB-8 head on BB-8 or not at the same time? Right. Yeah, um, does it come with batteries? We don't know. We don't know. It does and it doesn't. All right. So when you open up the box, it's nestled in this nice little uh, foam, uh, you know, thing. And the first thing you see is that there's a cord. And so that means that BB-8 definitely needs power. So uh, you you take it out, and uh, there's this stand as well that it comes with, this nice little stand. Um, now, I... I don't know. I've, I've oh, like kind a of, recharging uh, outlet. Yeah, this is like it's recharging post, I guess. So uh, let's charge it in like that, I guess. Um, so so that's cool. It looks good. That that's uh, it's obviously made out of cheap plastic, but the colors you know look like BB-8. But then the most important part here is BB-8. So there's a. It's about the size of a baseball, I guess. Um, hmm. And the little head pops off very easily, so you have to be careful. It it works actually. I mean, I, I have to say, I, you know, I have taken this out of the box already. Is it magnetic? Yes, it it connects with magnets, and it, it's like magic. I mean, it really just clicks right on there, and then there he is. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, I have to confess that I I already took him out of the box just to make sure he worked. Um, 
and it's a lot of fun to play with. Now, the one thing that is worrisome is his little antenna is very thin. And, you know, um, if you run him under the sofa or under chairs, there's a possibility of his antenna getting too bent. So that was one thing I was concerned about. So, like, the uh, will the head stay completely upright as it rolls along? Uh, for the most part, it does. It depends on how fast you go. The, the faster you go, it's harder to control. And then the head kind of sometimes can bob around to the side, like when he's making turns and stuff. Oh. But, yeah, for the most part, it works. It's, it's a pretty cool little gadget. You can plug it in here and... And see uh, how how we do. He does tricks and stuff. He'll talk to you. You know, um, he he knows he knows basically if uh, you know how to how to please you. He's very sensitive to the ways of uh, human droid interaction because he um, he can do these tricks and they just bring delight to your face. So we'll plug him in here and see what we get. Uh, now, are you jealous at all, um, IG? No, because um, I already have a fully functional R two D two droid. Oh, well, technically, really? it's, it's a midget that I keep in a um, uh, a trash can. But right. You know. Well, this one I think comes with a little um, sugar glider inside, or a squirrel, a baby squirrel, and that's how it works. I'm not really sure how it gets fed, though. Oh, you just have to replace them every so often. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it connects with your phone. Uh, through Bluetooth, which is convenient. The first time I tried to connect him, uh, it didn't work. Uh, I had to turn off all the other Bluetooth devices in my house, which was pretty irritating um, because, you know, I am a fairly technically savvy person, so I had a lot of Bluetooth stuff going. Um, but it's uh, it works pretty well. So when you, when you open him up and you get him going, then you have to kind of activate activate it and that's the part where you run into problems every time uh every time i try to activate him i usually have to do it like once or twice so that's kind of annoying but um he does move his little head around um you know when you're moving him he he uh responds to your call so you know it's, it's pretty cool it works pretty well i have to say for the money it's probably worth it so it just uh, runs around and does cute things? Yeah, basically, yeah. I guess if you turn on a movie, like a Star Wars movie, then he'll um, he'll he'll watch it with you, and he can react to the movie and, and things like that, too. So. But. so, yeah, there you have it, BB-8. And they make three other droids as well. Uh, if, you, if you're interested in spending all your money on uh, useless Star Wars toys, there's an R2-D2 one. Um, let me see which other which other ones are there. There's there's a bunch. I think there's uh, who was the one the the dark BB-8 from uh, the last Jedi. Oh, I can't remember its designation. Well, it's it's um it's really a, a nice toy. I don't recommend it for children because um, if children get it, you know, then all the adults around them would feel jealous, and you don't want that. Yeah, plus they can they'll probably uh bust up the head and stuff like that. Yeah. Well there's a BB nine E. He's the evil last Jedi one. And then the, the one that I didn't even know existed was from the last or from um Return of the Jedi actually. R two Q five. Do you know who that is? No. Yeah, so no, I, I guess R two Q five is like a evil R two style droid that was on the Death Star two in Return of the Jedi. I do remember. I do remember seeing like the droid. I didn't uh, know the designation. Now, yeah. What was the What was the other? Um, not R two. It's R. 
the 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 other uh, R unit in the um in the uh, sand crawler R R four is it R four D four R four D R R four D five or something like something that something like that the red guy yeah yeah the one who blows his top yes yes yeah, unfortunately I like an exploding version that of that one. droid or the conk droids oh the conk droid would be different right because that that would that would have legs that would have to move I guess this one just has a little gerbil ball inside that moves around I guess so oh. But you can you can uh, you can see how you could have hours of fun with this, so. Oh yeah. Yep. So um, did you get any presents for Sithmiths, Ig? Well, as an assassin droid, I celebrate Festivus. Oh really, Festivus? Yes. Great. So did you get any Festivus gifts? Nope, but I did get to wrestle people and uh, air my complaints, so I'm pretty happy. Excellent. Excellent. Do all of the fakes Do all of the fakes Ho, 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 Merry Sithmas. It looks like you've been a good little faker this year, IG. Why's that, Storm Duper? Well, there's a brand new Duel of the Fakes in your stocking. Oh, wizard. My favorite faking Star Wars game of all time. Let's play. <laughs> sure thing, but uh, first let me check my stocking. Oh, one, no, two, three, OMG, four Rose Tico action figures. Wait, there's more. Heavens to Betsy, two fins. Hold on, hold on. Let me give it a shake. Oh, Constable Zuvio, too. Yippee! Someone out there really loves us, IG. Or hates us. Thank you, Sith Lords of Yore. Now let's play some Duel of the Fakes. Sure thing, IG, but first, a quick word from our sponsor. Duel of the Fakes is brought to you by Sheave on the Shelf, the hottest toy of the holiday season. This lifelike doll of Sheave Palpatine will spy on your kids to make sure they're being naughty instead of nice. Little Sheev reports acts of hate and anger to his dark side overlords, who will then reward your family for its evil doing on Sithmas. Look for Sheev on the Shelf wherever quality toys are sold. It's my go-to every year for the office gift exchange. Absolutely slays. Now let's play. As you're well aware, IG, I am going to read you three Star Wars news stories that should be fake, but there is one real story posing as a fake. It is your job to smoke out the fake fake and save Sithmas for the billions of fakers around the galaxy. No pressure. Are you ready? Does a wampa go in the snow? All right, well, here we go. To commemorate the 40th anniversary of the Star Wars Holiday Special, a Los Angeles theater is performing a live stage show that presents the true account of the infamous special's hectic production. So that's the first story. I know you are a All fan right. of the holiday special, IG. I actually am. Yeah. Um, well, here's the second story that had better be fake. Chewbacca mom. Do you remember the Chewbacca mom? Oh, yes. Yeah, the video. Yeah, so she uh, got some great notoriety for just uh, wearing a mask in her car and taking a video of her uh, self laughing at the mask. 
And I think she even got scholarships for her kids for her video, which is unbelievable. Is that the story? No, no, that's true. That's that's not fake. That's a real fake, real, real fake. Uh, Chewbacca mom Candace Payne recently recorded a cover version of a song featured on Christmas in the Stars, the Star Wars Christmas album. The song, originally titled What Can You Get a Wookiee for Christmas When He Already Owns a Comb, was updated to What Can You Get a Wookiee Mom for Christmas When She Already Owns a Brush in order to more accurately represent the gender Candace identifies with. Hmm. I, I still don't think it will beat our uh, Shirawook thong song. Oh, yeah. Nothing can beat that. And the third story... On a recent appearance on Good Morning America, Mark Hamill revealed he was actually in the running to star in Ron Howard's live-action How the Grinch Stole Christmas. According to Hamill, Howard was very impressed with his cartoon voice work, but Jim Carrey's over-the-top physicality ultimately edged out Hamill for the role. I think I came about about 15, 20 years ago. Did you ever see it? Yes, I did, yeah. The, um... And and to be honest, it's my least sort of favorite Grinch uh, movie. I mean, I love the classic, but it, it wasn't particularly good. I mean, I, I thought Jim Carrey was wrong for the part. I think huh, Mark yeah. Hamill might have done a better job. Yeah, maybe so. You never know. Uh, we could have a reboot, I guess. Um, so which one do you think is the uh, – the, um, the real story, IG. Will you save Sithmas by guessing the fake fake correctly, or will you doom us all to a miserable holiday season with the wrong answer? So just to recap, you've got the live show about the making of the Star Wars holiday specials, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is the Chewbacca mom covering a song from the Star Wars Christmas albums, number two. And number three, Mark Hamill was almost the Grinch in Ron Howard's live-action film. I would I would love for the uh, Star Wars holiday special one to be true because mm-hmm. um, I, I'm probably alone in the world, but I, I really loved that uh, special. <laughs> well, you are always alone in the world, IG. But I, I doubt that one's true simply because not a lot is known. There's not a lot like, of information. People who tried available. to research it can't find a lot of information on it. It was really slapped together under the command of dozens of people who never released their names or uh, so I, um, I I don't think so I, I actually I think uh, the truth one is that Mark Hamill almost got the Grinch because his his voice work is like I, I assume among Star Wars fans it's widely known as um, uh, amazing that he's done so many different uh, voice acting roles over his career um, and into the industry I assume that they wouldn't you know, he would be quite well known. I mean, people don't realize that not everyone realizes that he's like he's the Joker in a lot of uh, games and uh, and he's been on TV series and because you don't usually stay to watch the credits. But um, he's he is a very famous voice actor. So I think um, I think that that sounds like a true story that he could have uh, been the Grinch. But Jim Carrey, you know, was big at the time. So uh, is a better draw 
uh-huh. for the uh, for the poster. Okay, all right. Um, well, let's do the Monty Hall here, and we're going to go ahead and t- let you know that uh, number two is fake. Okay, mm. so number two, yeah. which is um, the story about the uh, Chewbacca mom uh, covering the Star Wars Christmas album, that one is fake. So yeah, I kind of I kind of got that that anyway. Yeah, it um, sounded was, a little I bit was, too far I suspected fetched. that one is, is fakey fake. Yeah. I, I, I huh. think probably the more likely situation is not that she's recording music, but that she's probably lying in a gutter somewhere overdosing on fentanyl at this point. Coughing up hairballs. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what will it be? Will it be number one? Uh, about the uh, production of the play about the making of the holiday uh, special or the one about Mark Hamill almost being the Grinch. I'm aware that statistically it's always wiser to uh, alter your choice, but I kind of have an educated guess on this because, I, I mean, I assume that Mark Hamill would uh, would apply for a lot of voice work. So I'm going to stay with my answer. Okay. Well, unfortunately, IG, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but you've doomed us all to a horrible sifness because you have chosen the wrong answer. The story about the holiday special, it may delight you to know, actually is the true story. And that's the true gift of Sithness. There you go. Absolutely. Um, so at the, at the Los Angeles Theater, uh, the title of the production is actually called Special. And it presents what writer Andrew Osborne describes. I guess he's the the writer. It's a true-ish account of the the production of the uh, special. So, I mean, true-ish sounds like it could be fake. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised if in the future you see Andrew working here at Faking Star Wars as well. Um, but it runs through January, so you know, pretty good run there for such a esoteric production. Um, but yeah, so if you're out out in the LA area, I guess in the next uh, couple of weeks you may have a chance to get tickets. I'm guessing that they're going to sell out pretty fast, though. Well, I think for any Star Wars fan, it would be a fascinating thing. Is it is it meant to be like um, a dramatized documentary kind of thing, or I don't know. I I think my guess is that they just uh, you know dramatize how they they produced it. So, um just throwing a bunch of ideas at a wall <laughs> yeah yeah a lot of cocaine <laughs> so you're going to be out on the west coast in a few weeks so you actually have a chance to get down there and see it do you think you'll uh do you think you'll have time to do that i i think la is a bit of a stretch for me but um uh it would i would definitely like it if someone made a bootleg video and sent it to us yes yeah, so if you're out there and you are in the la area and you go to see special uh, please uh, illegally record the production and send it to our offices, and we'll do a review of your video. So, great. Well, IG, it was a it was a pleasure doing this duel of the fakes with you. Um, this is our last episode probably for the 2018 year. So your record, I think, stands at about th- you know three wins and seven losses. That's pretty pathetic. Yes, um, yeah, I'm quite proud of that. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's almost so bad at this point that you may as well just start doing exactly the opposite of what your intuitions tell you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes, intuition has never worked for me. <laughs> Great. All right. Well, thanks a lot for playing. Duel of the face. Duel.
Do you dream of directing unforgettable films that incite Twitter wars? Would you love to write for the silver screen with the help of a dozen creative executives? Hello, I'm acclaimed filmmaker Ryan Johnson, and I'm inviting you to my masterclass, where I provide step-by-step -step instructions on how to craft game-changing films like Looper, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, or my soon-to-be-released project, Knives Out. I'll show you how to make movies that half the audience loves, half the audience hates, and half the audience really can't make heads or tails of. You'll get to shadow me as I work with a diverse group of farm-raised, cage-free actors and form strange obsessions over people that look like my high school crushes. What's more, I'll teach you how to flip the script on producers by holding the pages upside down to imbue scenes with greater meaning. You'll learn how to deconstruct a scene, subvert a trope, and conjugate a dolly shot. I promise after watching my masterclass, you will have everything it takes to destroy even the most successful film franchises created by straight white men. I'm Ryan Johnson, and this is my masterclass. Visit masterclass.com slash Johnson to sign up today. Use keyword goober to get a free grilled porg with your order. All right, IG. Well, uh, we have a new bit that we started uh, in our last episode. Did you listen to the last episode? Always. Um, uh, well, I memorized it by heart. It's it speaks to me in my dreams. Well, uh, you weren't uh, you weren't on the this bit, uh, but I recorded it with Teeb, and it's called the Fake Meter. And mm. are you familiar with how it works? Uh, I am. Yes. Great. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at a potential leak or spoiler uh, out there in the Star Wars faking world, and um, then we'll evaluate it. And how do we evaluate it? Do you remember? Well, I assume by a stringent um, uh, metric of of fact and um, educated guess, I guess you know. <laughs> no, no, we just plug it into the fake meter. Ah, yes, 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 yes. So this is a fantastic device. Uh, let the AI that... do the work proprietary software you know um so this leak comes to us uh from fakingstarwars.net and originally darth zero who works with product design with lucasfilm i guess mm -hmm. zero does posters merchandising boxes all kinds of stuff he may have done the box on the bb-8 uh toy that we unboxed today um oh, excellent yeah so we don't know if this is real or not. It could be fake, so take it with a grain of crate salt, okay you mean crate snow uh, right yeah so um in in the first uh, part of this leak, it says that Kylo Ren is seen in most of the images uh like the the production images for the mm -hmm. episode nine um without his helmet, but his helmet is going to make a return. Um, but it's going to be different. There's like a special troop of red and black stormtroopers whose helmets are his mask. From oh, so it's not just his mask. It's now a, a uniform piece. He's made a, a Kylo unit. Yes, but they actually use the same helmet as he did in The Force Awakens. All right. So it's sort of this in interesting expansion. And... Um, he also has yellow eyes now, so there's that connection with uh, previous Sith Lords. Um, so his costume, uh, apparently very regal, kind of like Snoke, you know, that gold. But in his case, it's going to be uh, silver. It has a lot of silver trimmings, and he looks very mature and imposing, but no facial hair. Okay, and he's, uh, and he's gone full Sith then, so... 
Well, it sounds like it, yes. Now, this is the interesting one for me. Uh, it's in regard to Ray's lightsaber. As you know, um, you know Luke's lightsaber was destroyed in The Last Jedi in that battle between uh, Kylo and Ray. So there's been a lot of speculation. How is Ray going to be a Jedi without a lightsaber? Well, um, it looks like in apparently it's been repaired and modified, and it's like Kylo's. You know how Kylo's lightsaber has sort of that um, strange glowing effect, like it's, it's it looks like a light bulb that's about to go out. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's uh, it's like um, a hastily done one, like where the uh, the energy isn't uh, is the energy stream isn't steady. It's 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 more j- like jagged and unstable. yeah, jerky kind of. Yeah, so I guess Rays is going to be like that as well, and also it will have that claymore design where it has the oh, so- two. Um, teens that come out or whatever you call them. Oh, so it's got a guard on it. Yeah, yeah. So actually, in that way, they'll be sort of mirroring each other. So, hmm. well, and, of course, uh, I've never liked the guard on the uh, the lightsabers because it doesn't make any sense. The guard is to stop a sword from sliding up the blade and cutting your hand. Right. When you parry, crossguard. right? Where it doesn't make sense with your parrying another lightsaber, it's just going to cut through the guard. Or if you make it super small so it's actually just the energy part is the guard that would stop a lightsaber when your hand slides up the hilt it'll cut off your fingers so it's useless in either way <laughs> yeah i they, they've already committed to that design right with uh, kylo so i mean you know uh yeah a lot of people have argued for for it actually too i've seen some videos explaining how it would work and why it would work but um, she's going to be wearing a bunch of different styles, but it looks apparently it looks more Game of Thrones than actually like Star Wars, I guess. Um, but she looks she looks seriously badass. So, oh, I thought she was just topless. Right, right. <laughs> no, no, we have to wait for that one to come out after the movie. Uh, so, I guess a couple other things from this leak, you know, uh, BB-8 actually. Um, He's getting a completely new paint job and is going to be green. Mm, yes. So um, this is probably for, like, camouflage or something. And the interesting thing is that he also – he gets to have a little kind of weird pet robot that actually, like, peeks out from inside of him. Sort of like all a right. kangaroo All right. So does he have, like, pouch. an even smaller BB-8 inside, like a Russian nesting doll? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and I, I've heard it's kind of like this triangular cone-shaped thing that might spin around and move around. So all kinds of speculation about that. But um, So, yeah, what do you think about some of these leaks here? Well, um, uh, interest, interesting ideas. And, of course, um, it's Abrams back at the helm. So uh, he might have, have – dis- like he probably had an idea of things he wanted to do in um, uh, The Force Awakens – and of course, Ryan Johnson went in a radically different direction. So um, I could see him. I could see him making some changes, or um, maybe uh, having uh, working around Ryan Johnson's plan to get back more towards what he wanted to do. Like restart it, sort of, huh? Well, uh, I think I think uh, he he planned on um, like uh, Snoke and uh, Kylo being more traditionally Sith and Ryan Johnson made it seem like Kylo wanted to get away from either side of the four or rather uh, get rid of the organizations that controlled uh, how one used the force. And so he'd be more free to explore it on, uh, on his own terms and just go full nihilist, right? 
yeah, just basically you just be a complete selfish um, and selfish individual with no allegiance to any particular organization. Yes. Sounds like you. Oh, yes, yes. Well, that's <laughs> the life of an assassin droid. What do you think about the um, the leak about uh, Kylo and his henchmen? You know, uh, it, it talks about how his, um, his the Knights of Ren, which we finally do meet, are all women, and they all have the same face uh, like Ray, but like some of them are scarred, some of them have, you know, whatever. But it's actually she actually uh, they have the same face as her. That would be weird. That would imply that there's like a bunch of Force clones out there. But the Knights of Ren were um, uh, some of Luke's ex-students, and it wouldn't make sense that Luke would be training a bunch of uh, Ren clones. Right. Well, actually, that part of the leak uh, I made up myself. It's actually not part of the article, but I have heard that as well, that the Knights of Ren will be uh, all women. Um, that's well, that's what this leak confirms for us. But uh, the part about that, the faces— that could, that could be. Yeah. What if what oh, if, are the Knights of Ren's the one wearing the helmets, or is that a special like elite unit of stormtroopers? Remains to be seen. Remains to be seen. Now, what if the Knights of Ren are like Kylo's harem, sort of like in um, what was that Australian film? Uh, you know, where they're chasing cars. Uh, Mad Max. Mad Max. Yeah. So like Mad Max has that sort of harem. There's like the virgins that like are supposed no. to get pregnant with the people. Oh, that's um, babies. You know. That's uh, that's Fury Road, Mad, Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. So what if uh, Kylo Ren had a harem of Knights of Ren, and and he's just he's just busily impregnating them? Like somehow, I think that um, uh, Kylo trying to handle a harem would be uh, a disaster on his part. <laughs> but I'd pay to see it. <laughs> All yeah, right. I, well, I, let's. I Let's yeah. pump this leak. Uh, ooh, that sounds really bad in light of what we're talking about. Let's pump this leak into the fake-a-meter and see what squirts out, shall we? Well, we've already taken the leak, so let's let's give it out. <laughs> All right, here we go. I'll let you do the honors here. Oh, it's clicking away. Wow, word. Uh, so when the thing when the message comes out, ID, I'll let you read the answer this time, okay? Here it goes. I'm so excited, you know? This is my favorite part of the show. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that the machine is so large. It's done. Wow. Powered by steam. Yeah. So the uh, the result is, and, and this is scientifically proven by this advanced AI um, fakeometer here, um, utter non-Sith. Utter non-Sith. Ah, okay. So I guess we can presume that this leak is uh, not very credible, huh? Uh, maybe bits of it. The, the part about BB BB eight going green, I, I think I could I could handle that. But the uh, the picture shows just his circles are green, so he's white and green instead of white and orange. I think uh, that's just a meaningless change. Well, possibly. I mean, if it's if for camouflage, would, that would make. If sense. you went kind of all green, like a camel pattern, eh, I could see that. Like they give him a spray paint so he can blend in in a forest Ooh. setting. Ooh, what if he gets like some chameleon solar cells that he can like be changing kind of like in uh, the wizard of Oz, the horse of a different color. He could be the droid of a different color, but if he's just changing the circles, it's kind of just cosmetic. Well, that's fine. You, you it just... could be a completely different droid though. Oh, so he's got like a little, little buddy and yeah, he's got his little, like all the R2, R4 units, they all come in different colors. 
That's true. Generally, with the droids, when they produce a new hero droid in the film, it's it's a different design, though. Hmm. But this could just be uh, a droid that's kind of in the background or uh, belongs to a random pilot or something like that. Hmm. Hmm. Well, maybe Chewbacca gets a droid. Oh, that would be nice. He, he deserves one, honestly, when you think of what he's put up with. Yeah, he's he's really the long-suffering soul of the Star Wars uh, saga, you know. I mean, yeah, like a lifetime was like basically he was he was stuck with Han for for like a life debt. And now he's just like the property of whoever runs the Millennium Falcon. He sacrificed so much and suffered so much, you know, for the people he loves. It's kind of, maybe Mel Gibson can come out with a, a Star Wars standalone story. You know, the passion of the Wookiee or something or or, or just lumpy and, and Mala just just sitting at home waiting for patiently for his return. That never happens. <laughs> Yeah. He made right. it for that one life day, and then that's it. Yes. Okay, well, this has been the fake meter and uh, we'll see what happens next week when we get another uh, credible or incredible leak to, to uh, put into it. And we're back. Storm Duper. Hey, we've uh, we've received a new poll. Ooh, excellent! From where? Would you? Ah, from the interweb. It's a Ooh. series of tubes. Is it? Okay. Yes. Is this so, a? Um, is this a poll like you would put a flag on, or like a Festivus poll? No, it's uh, this is poll? a poll where we ask people to respond to a question, and they have to rate the answers. How how asinine. I know. I mean, I don't even know. I don't even know why people do this. Anyway, <laughs> uh, here was the poll question that we put out to the interweb. Which has provided more entertainment during the Disney Star Wars era? A, the new films. B, behind the scenes drama. C, Twitter wars. Or D, review bombers. Well, that's a very interesting poll. I mean, so it's talking about like just entertainment value. I mean, pound entertainment for pound. Value. Yes, just wow. just what what? How do Star Wars fans get their entertainment now? Is it the movies themselves or the reactions to the movies? I mean, based on what I've seen uh, in my own experience, uh, I mean, if you if you go for just time spent doing stuff, I would have to go with uh, the third one, the Twitter Twitter wars, because. It seems like every Star Wars fan that I know spends more time arguing about Star Wars than actually watching it. Oh, yeah, I would, yeah, by far. I mean, I'm not on Twitter personally, but um, yeah, uh, vicariously it, definitely though, the discussions of uh, the social media discussions are a huge, a huge part of being a Star Wars fan now, more I mean, so than actually watching the movies the only time that i actually talk about star wars is actually when we are recording the podcast all others time is spent actually watching the movies so for in my case i don't really fall into that category um i don't spend any time on twitter uh, i find it abhorrent i just have it so that people can contact me with uh, podcast ideas sure and and sending interesting pictures right um so in my case I wouldn't say it's true but uh for most people I think that yeah Twitter Twitter wars definitely would fall into uh their you know most entertainment category. Well um most people would agree with you. 
Really? Um, by a, a whopping 43%, Twitter Wars is the winner. Uh, followed closely by uh, the new films with 33%. So a lot of people still get entertainment out of watching or rewatching the films. There's still um, some sanity left in the galaxy. Yeah, behind the uh, sorry, uh, behind the scenes was 11, and Review Bombers was 13. So I, I think they're not um, maybe as significant. Um, though I, I personally love uh, watching uh, behind the scenes um, and deleted uh, footage for the movies. That's something that I really enjoy. Have you seen the behind uh, the scenes deleted footage for the uh, Life Day um, uh, Star Wars Holiday Special? No, uh, because that's not out yet. Uh, it's, it's just coming a, out in, well, the uh, clips and the trailer. It's just a bunch of people like kneeling down, uh, sniffing coke off of mirrors. Well, I well, I mean, what was left from Carrie Fisher's stash? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's not much to it. That's really it. Just like you know, oh, oh music pumping uh, in the background just, just, and Wookies are dancing. Arthur beating people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's great. Oh. Oh my god! I really, I re- I know holiday specials are no longer a thing, but um, I would really like it if they if they did a uh, like a, a new holiday special for Star Wars. Oh, it'd be just beautiful. just a, a, an excellent. I guess Robot Chicken and uh, Family Guy have both done uh, those. But riffs um, on it yet? Now, can you believe that our other co-host Teeb he has never even seen the holiday special? That's that's weird because I I know. I, I don't know why, um, but he I saw it on to TV. watch it. Like it, it came out. I remember watching it on TV when I was a kid, and it wasn't the like the original production. Like uh, it that it was in the eighties that I watched this. A rebroadcast. Right? Yeah, a rebroadcast of that. And I and I was later uh, when I learned more about it. I was like, how how did that even happen? Because <laughs> as far as I know, after the initial release, they, they buried that as deep as they could, but uh, oh, yeah, it's I'm buried Canadian next to all those copies of Atari's ET maybe, game. Maybe it just got licensed to uh, like uh, the Canadian broadcasting um, corporation or something. And, and they just kept, you know, playing it in the frozen North and no one, no one caught on. No one cared but, um, up there in Canada, blame yeah. Canada. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just I, I remember seeing that, and then when I rewatched it uh, years and years later on the on the internet, I was just like, "Oh my god, this was it's it's so bad." But, it's amazing. Uh, I, I I remember as a kid, just just I just kind of liked seeing my, my favorite Star Wars characters. Oh yeah, well, and, and like the scenes with Han and Chewie are written so poorly, it's just unbelievable yeah. that Han that Harrison Ford even agreed to say the lines. And I don't know, I guess, uh, like, again, being a kid in the 80s, um, I wasn't used to, like, really top quality animation. So I remember loving that part with Boba Fett and and them on the uh, Millennium Falcon and stuff like that. Like, uh, the little animated skit was my favorite bit of the whole thing. Well, that that part on its own isn't terrible, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's horrible animation, but, uh, you know, I, I think back to some of the cartoons I used to watch, and, like, a lot of them had really... The quality of animation has improved dramatically over the last couple decades or oh, yeah. few decades. Well, I think it actually was animated by a Canadian animation yeah. studio. Yeah, well, it was it? a Canadian yeah. uh, anime. It reminded me of of some of the animation I saw in like uh, school, uh, like um, videos that they would put out to like you know don't do drugs or something like that. Right. So that company probably produced more st- more stuff, but uh, yeah. Very cool. Very anyway. Cool. 
Yeah, like, think, oh my god. I mean, uh, what do you think about this whole thing on Twitter with fans? You know, I I kind of want to do a, a bit where we go through some of those threads and we actually read them out loud with characters. You know, because it's just sometimes I wonder myself: Have these conversations ever actually happened in person? You know, uh, the things that happen on I, Twitter. I doubt it because most people would get punched for saying the things they say on Twitter in real life. Yeah. Well, I like get it gets pretty pretty nasty them. and it, the 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 anonymity sort of I guess it's not you're not even really that anonymous anymore but the fact that you're not like staring someone in the face and I'm assuming a lot of people are drunk or high when they're writing. <laughs> no, no, um, impossible. Doesn't help uh sort of the dialogue. I mean, I think my job on Twitter is to try to get as close to the line when somebody would feel like punching me, but then they have enough of that rational moment of, of pulling back. Do you know what I mean? So like, as they're actually, you know, throwing the punch, they, they kind of stop and then they, they might pull back and end up punching themselves in the shoulder or something. That's sort uh, yeah, of the energy that I go for. Thinking, in terms of they're these... thinking it's not worth calling the cops for this. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it, uh, unfortunately, it seems like uh, the uh, most of the people I know that uh, like frequent the social media bits are are trolls. Yeah, well, I mean and, that's the point. It's yeah. fun. I mean, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you like to rile up these people who take something that's supposed to be fun and entertaining too seriously? Like, I mean, that's well, like when yes. you like, you know, Absolutely. you push your little sister's buttons. Like when she gets annoyed when you like do something with her Barbie dolls. I mean, why wouldn't you do that? Okay, but then we're also looking at like some of the absolute venomous vitriol that comes out. Um, uh, like how many how many actors and stuff have pulled their Twitter accounts or whatever just because the abuse got too bad. Okay, well I'm not talking about abuse. I mean that's harassment, no. right? I mean I don't yeah. I don't agree with any of that. But but like you know f what we do, like the fake news and stuff and faking things, some people get just as mad at us about. Uh, you know about that as they would about other people harassing innocent people well absolutely like in a way we're we're trolling here but we we also just enjoy uh, imagining weird star wars stuff and then um for me it's more it fun there. it's more fun to fake the news than to speculate on the stuff that we don't know right and, and well that's that's fine and and i don't I think, when we, but if we go through a vi uh, an actual Twitter thing, it'll it'll start with someone putting out a little bit of a troll, and then pe uh, people taking the bait and Basically, going way yeah. too far with it. Yeah, interesting poll. All right, well, thanks a lot. Galactic taking news. Well, IG, uh, it's time for galactic faking news. My favorite time of the week. Well, this story comes to us from fakingstarwars.net, um, and the angry and undersexed fans of nerd culture have actually shifted from Marvel to Lucasfilm. After weeks of demanding a trailer for the hotly anticipated follow-up to Avengers Infinity War, uh, you are aware that recently they released the trailer, I think it's called Endgame? the final mm -hmm. Infinity War movie, that trailer finally came out. So those nerds don't have any more uh, things to argue about or yell about. So this social media mob of disrespectful neckbeards are now pushing for a Star Wars Episode Nine trailer. And, uh, and what Star Wars movie are the Avengers from? Oh, they're actually from uh, The Revenge of the Sith. 
Ah, okay. Yeah, if you remember, they were the ones that Anakin killed uh, in the in the um, temple, the Jedi temple at the end. He killed like a big <gasps> bunch of them. They're all they're all you know. But Master Anakin, you know. Uh, oh, I thought those were younglings, but okay, all right. Well, they had two names, so okay. Oh, but it was like their club name. They were having an Avengers meeting when Anakin brutally well, like, slaughtered them with his lightsaber. It's kind of like the Masons. Like you know how the Masons are like a secret organization, but like they could also be members of like other organizations at the same time. Uh-huh. So the younglings had their Avengers organization as well. Unfortunately, Anakin wiped them out. So okay, so like a a, um, a Jedi youth group. Yes. Yes. So this time around, instead of spewing hate-filled venom at the clouds because a national day of mourning pushed back the release of a film trailer, uh, they have set their sights on the bronze Yoda statue that stands guard outside of Lucasfilm headquarters. Have you seen that uh, statue before, IG? I've I've actually been completely unaware of its existence. Um, oh yes, because I don't really care what George Lucas puts on his lawn. I see. It's like a nice but, little statue. It's a replica of Yoda, and it stands on a tower in the middle of like a water fountain. Okay, well, I could see how that would incite rage and hatred in people. So, um, this uh, one of the protesters, lead protester Devin O'Toole of Redmond, Washington, said, um, "You know, Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy must heed our warning. If they don't release the trailer for Episode Nine by Christmas Eve, we will wake up on December twenty fifth, uh, and they will have coal in their stockings, and their Yoda statue will be ablaze." So, also, oh, they're uh, they're threatening um, violence on a bronze statue. Yeah. Yeah, Christmas violence, wow. you know. So well, that's in that's in the spirit of the holiday. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's understandable that they would get so upset and want to deface, you know, private property because they they don't have a two minute trailer for a movie that's not coming out for another year. And why not? And why not like target a Yoda statue on a fountain? That's right. Um, so, uh, according to the Lucasfilm Story Group intern, uh, Trina Alejandra Garcia-Smith, uh, she says, um, you know, we get dozens of threats like this, um, you know, every day. You should see Pablo Hidalgo's DM box on Twitter. We print out tweets and DMs like this and hang them on the walls of our cubicles and then throw darts at them. O'Toole just happens to be the loudest of the bunch. Once again, we're not worried. Que lloren más. So, you know, it sounds like Lucasfilm is kind of trying to brush this off as a, not a real story. But um, I think that they should probably take them seriously. Uh, this this uh, sort of thing can get out of hand. And it may it may end up being that uh, instead of uh, Episode 9 next year, we're actually going to have to watch the, um, the news stories of people pulling the charred remains of Lucasfilm animators out, out of the studio. Hmm. Well, I, I'm assuming that would make uh, Star Wars fans happy. Well, based on their attitude, I think you're probably right. Although we here on the podcast do not advocate any kind of violence of any sort against the Yoda statues or uh, any other buildings for that matter. So, I mean, why can't well, they just go to the Yoda statue and like moon it or something? You know, that that would be a little bit more. Uh, they probably get more attention that way anyway. And it's not criminal. It's on private property. Well, they could like. They could moon it from afar, you know. They could just moon like it from, from the, the comfort of their own bedroom. <laughs> <I> mean, uh, <laughs> Take oh my that, god, it, bronze Yoda statue! Who, like honestly, like 
just wait for the trailer, for God's sake. When it comes out, I mean, we're going to spend probably six months talking about a minute and a half trailer before the next trailer comes. Like, think about it. The lot, like, for all of the movies that have come out since Force Awakens, the trailer comes out. We spend endless time speculating about it. Then the movie comes out. It has, we're all wrong. Or it's sometimes be, right. Uh, do you think it'll be before Christmas or before the new year? This time around, uh, yeah, they they tend to like uh, a Christmassy, uh, probably I'd say New Year's. You know, it's, it's really? a good time for them to I release think it. They're gonna wait. I I don't think Star Wars buzz is doing very well right now, and I think they're gonna wait and reset and see how the new year goes, and maybe come around around Super Bowl time with the first trailer drop. That'd Weren't all guess. these fans going to boycott uh, Episode Nine anyway? Oh, yeah, they're not going. They just want to make it as miserable for everyone else, too. Mm, mm. Yeah, so they are not. They don't want to see the film, but they definitely want to see the trailer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they can whine about it on Twitter, of course. Absolutely. So. Galactic Taking News. This Life Day, join us at the Barry Kowalski Memorial Culture Hall on Coruscant for the Love of Sand Extravaganza featuring the three Tuscan tenors, Chrogthar Pavarotti, Rugnaknar Domingo, and the other guy. be a bantha petting zoo out front for the kids and three lucky guests will be enslaved galactic baking news says the show is a fantastical display of sights and sounds anakin s of the mustafar Times says i hate sand and sand people jason ferguson of the galactic daily says help i've been shot oh god it hurts ah! order your tickets today for a chance to win a trip for four to the sarlacc pit Well, IG, uh, you know, in uh, in the spirit of Sithmas and Life Day, here we are, you know, gathered around the forest tree, and there's some gifts underneath the forest tree. Well, Star Wars is the gift that keeps on giving. Yes, especially on Twitter. Um, are you aware that there are several moments in the Star Wars saga where characters give each other gifts? Sure. I mean, I love when Jabba gives Princess Leia that costume. Oh, absolutely. The bikini costume. My favorite gift he ever gave. Um, so what we've done is we sort of compiled a list of some of the uh, gifts that characters give each other. And we'll uh, let's discuss them a little bit. You've oh, got the sounds list good. in front of you. What's number one? It says Anakin gives Padme a Japur snippet necklace. Ooh, a Japur snippet. Do you remember what that was? I honestly don't. Um, so I don't really was, remember what the material is or anything like, about the necklace. It looked sort of like a walnut. Um, I think it was made of wood, though, actually, and it had this sort of box with these slashy lines and little symbols, and Anakin gave it to Padme and uh, uh, the Phantom Menace for her to remember him by. 
Ah, uh, yes. So, uh, and then of course it shows up again in uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yes, in her coffin, she actually wears it to uh, in the coffin. So that actually leads me to speculate. Um, you know, this Japur snippet apparently had powers to bring good luck. Um, mm. And so, you know, the wood that he carved it out of, I guess, has some sort of uh, force-sensitive material in it or something. Um, you know, thinking about, like, Egypt and these and grave robbers who rob the graves of, uh, you know, pharaohs who have a lot of wealth, I could foresee something like that also happening in um, Episode Nine. Like, maybe it's... Uh, Tasu Leech, um, you know, maybe it's like the uh, Kanji Club gang or the Guavian Death Crew, you know, and they uh, raid the graves and, you know, dig up Padme's, uh, r- you know, rig- you know, brittle old bones and then find the Japur snippet. Oh, of course, except uh, it looks like something a child made because right. it was something a child made. <laughs> also, I think its power isn't luck. I think it's more that um, it makes someone overlook what an annoying just it's like a drug sort of like a roofie yeah, it, it mind controls someone into into loving a person despite their horrible horrible flaws right. and lack of charisma so it's roofie for romance is basically what you're mm. saying yeah 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 number two is that anakin gifts padme poetry in front of the fireplace i wish i could just wish away my feelings will you please uh, have yes. sex with me yeah, I mean, that that's the best um, begging for sex poetry I've ever seen in a film. Just complete desperation. Like Shakespeare. Yeah. Darth Shakespeare. Like the Legion of Fans, desperate to, uh, desperate to have the prequels mean something in their lives, even though they were terrible. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, do you know why, uh, do you know why um, the prequels hate sand? No. Because sand has grit. Because sand oh, has grit. Grit. Right. You know, and that was something like the the prequels weren't gritty like the original, oh, original series. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, if I have to explain it, it's not Okay, that okay. Yeah, that was okay. Yeah. I I guess yeah, I never I'd never heard the sort of criticism specifically that the prequels lacked grit, but I would definitely agree that they did lack that. All right. So uh, number three, Sheev gives Anakin the Vader suit. So yeah, I mean, uh, did you did you think the suit design made sense? I mean, I I thought that it made it made little sense to me that uh, Sheev would show up on Mustafar, grab uh, his you know burnt, uh, nearly uh, dismembered uh, apprentice, and pop him in a suit that fit perfectly and worked perfectly in a matter of minutes. I mean, it was almost like he had the suit in the ready, in the wings, for such an eventuality. Well, the entire three movies was building to putting a man in a suit. That was that was the plan all along. But but a lot of fans have said that, that no, it was a design suit right there on the spot, customized right then. But I don't think they would have had time to do that. Well, the Wikipedia article says it was like a uh, they, it was it was based off a, a like already existent technology. They kind of take took this prototype and uh, put uh, put it all together, uh, mm-hmm. though it wasn't horribly you know comfortable or anything like that. Um, like Vader really didn't like the suit, but um, could he get a wedgie in, in that Vader suit? I don't believe so, because. Um, uh, I don't believe he had much left down there to uh, wedge. Oh, right. I um, suppose that's true. He lost his however, butt cheeks. Obi-Wan cut off his butt cheeks, I think. Well, burn, Well, they burned off. Oh, yeah. Um, however, <laughs> um, 
the uh, the suit comes with two important upgrades. Um, one for Palpatine, it gives um, his apprentice a weakness to Force Lightning, because the suit will shut down and Vader will die. So right. no challenge from his apprentice. He won't, he's not going to get murdered like he did to his master. And two, the James Earl Jones uh, voice modulator, which uh, dramatically improved um, Anakin's dialogue. Yeah, not only his uh, you know volume and his voice tone, but also his articulation and his vowels all of a sudden had a bit more of a southern flavor instead of that Canadian accent. Well, I mean, uh, wouldn't you wouldn't you agree that um, like if someone gave you the option, you would swap your voice for James Earl Jones in a heartbeat? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, me too. Number four is when Luke gives C-3PO an oil bath on Tatooine. Yes, and uh, uh, actually this is a funny thing, is uh, Anakin Skywalker, as he was building C-3PO, gave him a gift voucher for one free oil bath on Tatooine, which came in handy many decades later when he returned and redeemed it with Luke. Oh, wow. So it was sort of like a Groupon. Yeah, and and but it was weird that Luke um, looked at the name Anakin Skywalker, and he was Luke Skywalker, and 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 didn't realize that his own father had built that droid and given him that gift voucher. Very odd. Very odd. Yeah. Maybe he was just so overwhelmed by the fact that he was finally able to fire up his oil bath. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we always look for an excuse to use the oil bath. There you go. And the next one, Obi-Wan gets Luke his daddy's lightsaber. Ooh, this is a big one. You know, this is kind of the iconic moment of the first reel, at least, of uh, A New Hope. At least for me, I think. Well, you know, what I really love about that lightsaber is it's it's treated like um, some sort of holy relic. Yeah. Like, uh, like this Excalibur. Is, um, this, this is your father's, and then it's yours, and then it goes to Ray. Um, and, and, and what a wonderful, um, lightsaber it is so important to the series. Um, yeah, it's like Excalibur just, but like literally what it was used for just before Luke got it. Like obviously, I mean, before like Obi-Wan stuffed it in a chest for, you know, 20 years, um, like it had been used to murder children and actually just before that to cut the hand off a a Jedi master. Uh, and save the Dark Lord of the Sith. Uh, then uh, it was used to fight Obi Wan. Um, like, what what a wonderful wonderful artifact to bring and pass on to future generations. Like, um, like I mean, it needs a name like um, like Youngling Slayer or something like that. Right. The you trail know? of the tears that that lightsaber uh, you know is just it's just amazing how many horrible yeah. things it's been associated with. Um. Yeah, I'm kind of glad it's broken. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, that that the lightsaber needs to go. Yeah, it's a cursed object, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, what, it doesn't do Luke much good. I mean, he gets his hand chopped off with it, and I mean, yeah, no, no good. Get rid of it. Yeah. So number six is when Leia gifts Luke the gift of incest. Ah, the game the whole family can play. That's right. That's right. Um, as you know, there were several scenes that were even cut from Empire where they kiss uh, for much longer and more passionately even. So that was a part of the story from the beginning was that Luke and Leia were going to get it on. But then I guess they, you know, redid it and 
uh, had to take out those naughty bits. Although there oh, were yeah, a few like, kisses, uh, yeah, still. Luke, Luke, Leia, and Han had a huge love triangle going on, but they decided, kind of, by the end of um, making Empire, to cut the Luke and Leia bit out. I'm glad they cut that because, I mean, I would not have wanted to see the porn parody of that menage a trois. Oh, I'm sure there's already a few in existence. I wouldn't know. I would have no idea about that. You might, but I would not. Oh, no, of course not. All right, uh, the next one is Boba Fett gifts Jabba Carbonite Han Solo. Oh, yes, uh, Carbonite. You know, I always liked that scene, but I thought that it could have been improved if we had sort of seen people in Carbonite beforehand. I mean, they sort of just add it in there as something that happens, but there's not really a sense that this is something that people do to each other in the galaxy. No, well, in fact, but the point is, is, is something people don't do because carbonite's used to transport volatile gases uh, that they mine on the gas giants. Ah, um, so wait, now, I mean, yeah, if that's the case, they if tested it's... it on Han so that Vader could use it on Luke. If and if it didn't work, he wasn't going to use it on Luke. So if if it's uh, to freeze volatile gases, why didn't they have Han eat uh, several Chipotle burritos before they froze him? I think they had him do that. It was a cut scene in the dinner, uh, the dinner scene with him and uh, Vader and um, um, Boba Fett and Lando. Yeah, and all the and all the guys. Uh, except that, um, uh, you know, just after that, he was tortured, and then yeah. right. And so I'm sure I'm, I'm sure he was plenty gaseous. Well, I mean, I I guess pinto beans were served at that little gala event there with Vader. So as is traditional in a pre-torture dinner, huh? Well, I mean, this does make sense, guess. I mean, now that I think about it, I mean, Bespin, Cloud City, floating in the clouds. I mean, that's that's uh, what you'd expect. Uh, warm air rises, after all. And I guess, I mean, I never thought about it, but there must just be legions and legions of creatures and people being fed beans on the planet's surface, uh, creating the gas that they then harvest and uh, freeze mm. in carbonite. That makes sense to me. All right. Well, um, number eight is when Lor Santeca gifts Poe his miracle ear. This is ah, the, yes, the, the secret uh, hearing device that is a uh, USB. Right, the USB that gets stuffed inside BB-8, who, by the way, uh, has a lot of different, different um, items that he can carry about. Well, sure, he, uh, he was designed as a slot machine. Right, right. Uh, and then we have uh, Rose gifts herself a kiss on Finn. Ooh, stealing kisses. I, I think also um, she gifted herself like a um, a collision with his uh, speeder. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. that kiss to me, um, it was very bizarre. I mean, they kissed with the background of the First Order blowing up the gate to attack the meager remnants of the Resistance. But that's I mean, how they're going to win. Right. It wasn't very romantic, though. No, uh, she was barely conscious, but luckily they both managed to run back to the base and are just fine. Right, right. Well, I was thinking about it. You know, if you watch that scene, those um, ski bikes or whatever they're called, you know, with the little um, monorails, uh, monoskis, I guess, they are, like, flying at, like, you know, 150, 200 miles an hour for, like, 10 minutes at the First Order. Mm-hmm. And then they crash, and then like thirty seconds later, uh, Ray or um, uh, Finn is dragging Rose into the gate. It's like how oh, did sure. they get back yeah, so he quickly? Run really fast. He must be. It must be like a superpower that we haven't seen yet, because it's just like now. Wait a minute, how did that happen? 
Oh, and they and and all of the troops that were like literally ten feet away from them completely ignored them. Right, right. Well, they were they were worried about uh, the last Jedi, about Luke and Kylo, right? So. Well, yeah, I, I don't know what they were worried about, honestly. Yeah, it's it's just a dumb little part of that scene that nobody has really taken up with. You know, I, I like that scene in general. I like the salt. For me, the mm-hmm. salt uh, looked like salt, you know, uh, yeah. practical effects there. Um, and I like the red, you know, everything going mm-hmm. red. It was it really looked cool. Um, no, but, I, I didn't really have a problem with the with the uh, with the location, like the uh, the planet, the base, everything looked great, visually fine. Uh, uh, sloppy, I'd say that 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 whole scene was very sloppily done. Right. Well, that's the part that's you know. So. Yeah. And our last one here on the list of uh, gifts the characters give each other in Star Wars movies: Borgullet. You remember Borgullet from Rogue One? Oh gifts yes. Body Rook, some sweet sweet loving. Oh yes, um, some uh, some hot tentacle action there. Yeah, my my personal favorite uh, scene in Rogue One actually is when um, Borgullet, uh, you know, covers a body rook with his slimy tentacles and sucks out his uh, life force. Um, yeah, that didn't really make sense because that was supposed to either like drive him insane or kill him, and yet lies it didn't. Really? Deception. Right. I, I get. I don't know. It. It seemed a bit. Um. Like. Like they did that to another guy, and the guy became like, you know, a vegetable. And the unfortunate was just fine. side effect is that one tends to lose one's mind. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it also didn't seem to help them determine whether or not Bodhi was telling the truth. No, it didn't. Yeah, no. they just found no. that little. Uh, they watched the video, and that was basically it. Right. Yeah, I think I think it, that was probably something in the original cut of the movie that it was a far more extended scene, and then um, uh, when they reshot a bunch of it, they made it much shorter. Yeah, yeah. Well, they 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 cut out the whole um, that that whole bit, like uh, Forrest Whitaker's character. Uh, sorry, what was his name again? Saw Gerrera. Yes, Saw Gerrera. Like, who, who's like, if you watch the Clone Wars and stuff like that, is, uh, uh, I mean, the not the movie, the uh, animated series, is a pretty cool character. Uh, they kind of have it, they, they kind of just write him straight out of the movie immediately, like, where I think he was meant to be a bigger part, or maybe even uh, one of the guys that goes on the mission to get the plans. But, yeah, oh well. he, he didn't have a very. Um... You know, it's very unceremonious, you know, how he died. Yeah. Uh, and and stupid, because he could have easily gotten off the planet. I think the problem, though, is that if he had gotten off, then there wouldn't have been any room for dramatic tension when they were discussing what to do about the looming, uh, you know, um, problems with the Empire. Because then they would, then Saw Gerrera could have just been like, no, it's me. It's true. Everything she's saying is real. So they had to kill him. Yeah. <sighs> Like, there really wasn't a, a choice there. Yeah, I mean, Rogue One was a fun movie, but um, it, it got pretty nonsensical at certain points. Rogue Dumb, I think, is a better yeah. title. But Yeah, um, I know a lot of people like this movie. Um, I, I liked it when I watched it in the sense that I like the, like, the individual scenes, but uh, I thought too rushed and lack of character development. I was happy but, to have another Star Wars movie at that point. Yeah. I mean, 
But it, it's kind of like a Michael Bay Star Wars movie. A little bit, yeah. I mean, yeah. we've never really talked much about Rogue One on this podcast. I, I don't no. know why. I mean, we, we, we're we now, you know, by the way, this is now a, a full year of uh, Faking Star Wars Radio. We started right before um, kind of The Last Jedi came out last year, and we've done, this is our 15th episode. Uh, mm-hmm. So we sort of stopped, started right at the end, you know, when Rogue One had already come out and, and had its day. So maybe we should do a retrospective and go back and discuss it sometime. Yeah, because we, uh, I think we, the first two episodes, we did talk about Force Awakens and um, Rogue One in preparation for The Last Jedi. But it was, uh, uh, yeah, we, we might want to, we might want to talk about some more of the things we liked or disliked from from those films. Specifically, I think, yeah. Great. Yeah. All right. Um, well, um, what's under your force tree, IG? Any any presents you'd like to give me this year? Well, I just picked up this new uh, neckbeard trimmer for you. I think uh, it'll come in quite handy. Fantastic. Well, I've got, coincidentally, I have a pizza bib that I would like to give you uh, for all your hard work on the podcast the last year or so. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Happy Sithmas. Happy Life Day. Faking Star Wars Listener Mail. Well, it's that time again, Storm Duper. That music can only mean it is time for Listener Mail. Oh, I thought it was time to extol the virtues of one of our listeners who happens to have a penis. Well, that's every day. <laughs> but today, our Listener Mail comes from Grey Walker, and his question is, why is the, why is the color of Force Ghosts Blue. Oh, I know the answer to this one. It's easy because that's the only beverage available in the Force realm is Bantha Blue Milk. Ah, yeah, it's um, kind of like Donald Trump. You know, he only eats carrots, so he's orange. It's the same thing with I Force s- Ghosts. Ah, okay. Well, that that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Did you have another theory? Well, I, I thought since you know your immaterial is a Force Ghost, you might have blue things. Blue things. I, I, it's a PG. Uh, it's a PG show. Storm blue Duper. stuff. Not more. Blue, blue blue genitalia. Blue orbs. <laughs> blue Death Stars hanging from your hanging from your uh, legs. Anyway. Well, I, I assume because it's all done on a blue screen. No, that ah, wouldn't make yes. any sense. There you go. Yeah. Well, that's your answer. It's the Bantha Blue Milk, the only beverage that uh, Force Ghosts can drink. So. And we have another listener mail today. Actually, we got a we got a, another message here. Um, just here as we were recording, it came in on the Twitter. This one comes from Doctor Flapjack. Ooh, that makes me hungry. Doctor Flapjack writes, "What was the best Star Wars related holiday gift you have ever received? Mine was from my grandfather when he was a child." He bought me the original trilogy on VHS, and we watched all three movies together on Boxing Day. Wow, that's actually pretty cool. Do you still have those on uh, VHS? You know, I never got them uh, on VHS, uh, like the official versions, because we just what we did was we would rent them from the um, Blockbuster or video store, and then we would just dub them onto another tape using a second VCR. So oh, I actually I see. just so had you, pirated copies. You stole copies. them. I stole them. Yes, happily so as well as a child. Uh, well, um, I think like my my, I think um, the only Star Wars gift I ever got for Christmas was uh, two Star Wars action figures 
uh, one of my aunts sent to me. Oh, is that right? Was it a tradition in your family to watch Star Wars on Boxing Day? Uh, it was not. However, uh, Star Wars was always on TV in like during that season. So uh, I frequently watch Star Wars uh, around Christmas time. I think my favorite Star Wars gift was probably when I received the Rancor monster. Oh, my God. That would have been so cool. Yeah. At the time, I mean, it was like this towering gift that was like the largest toy that I owned. Um, and I remember that we made a, a statue with Rancor and with all of my other Star Wars figures kind of hanging off of him, like almost like a tree. And we managed to get it balanced just right so we could have like, you know, Star Wars guys on the left arm, He-Man hanging on the right. It was really cool. So that sounds like a good tradition. Oh, yes. Yeah, we'll bust it out again this year or so. But, uh, yeah, lots of Star Wars gifts. I mean, this year, of course, my BB-8s, which was a gift to myself for being such a great podcaster. Um, and I'm looking forward to, it, you know, what's going to happen with the new movie. I'm sure there's going to be all kinds of interesting toys available. So, I Did you, did you get to see uh, any toys available from The Last Jedi? Because I have not. Uh, not too many. I mean... You'll recall that uh, I moved internationally over the last year, and so I haven't been uh, scoping out too many of the retail spaces. Um, in the last few weeks, looking through, I haven't seen hard. I've seen hardly any uh, Last Jedi Star Wars toys. Most of them are throwback things to the original trilogy or the prequels in the stores mm -hmm. now. Um, and then there's like that Black series, which are for the real high rollers. Uh, yeah, there's just not much available for uh, for the Last Jedi. Sad but true. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I've uh, I'm there's a Comic Con coming uh, coming near me, so I'm hoping that I will be able to go there and check out some of the amazing gift ideas that I can uh, snag. Oh, that'd be good to get uh, you know a report from the con, you know, as a correspondent. Um, I we can get you a press pass, I'm sure. Oh, that would actually be fabulous. Yeah, would love that. Great, great. Well, we look forward to hearing your report from that con in the coming weeks. Uh, Ig. Well, um, if I can go, uh, it's the timing is tight. Now, I guess we should tell our fans that uh, you're probably not going to be on the podcast for a few weeks. Now, why is that? Well, I'm uh, I'm going back home to visit the family, so I'll be gone for three weeks. And then when I get back home, uh, I might be off to Vietnam for uh, another couple after that. So, Boy, you, might, you have my... a lot of assassin duties. Now, you're going back to visit your family. In what order are you going to assassinate them? Oh, um, from tallest to shortest. Okay, okay. Take out the big dogs first, so then you have yep. no problem taking out the small ones. That's a, a a good protocol of any good assassin droid. So, all right. Well, we wish you well and uh, all luck to you in the new year as well. Thanks for being uh, a wonderful co-host over the last year of uh, what has actually uh, gone up the charts. Now we know we're up to uh, several thousand uh, downloads and subscribers for each episode. Um, and actually, we heard uh, specifically from Apple that we crashed one of their servers when we released the last episode. So be patient. Um, the technology is coming along uh, to meet the demand here. Uh, share with your friends and subscribe on, on the podcast. So, uh, Storm Duper, that was actually be crashed into one of their servers. Oh, right, right. I forgot. Yeah. See, I'm learning the lingo myself, too, so. Hello? 
Hello, Lila Market. Yes, hi. My name is Herbert. Uh, I'm calling in regard to, uh, I'm searching for a very unusual uh, type of meat. Uh, do you specialize in unusual meats? What kind of meat? Uh, it's actually called Minoc. M-Y-N-O-C-K. It's, uh, it's a type of bird, a uh, flying species. No, we don't have that. Uh, do you know? Do you know where I might be able to order something like that? I'm having a a big Life Day barbecue at my house uh, for Life Day, and and that's a central stage on the menu. I've called at least ten other places trying to find it. No, I don't know where to find it. Yeah. Uh, have you Have you ever tried it before? I I know that there's uh, different kinds from different places. No, I haven't tried. Okay. Are you located on the corner of Cactus Road down there? Do you mind if I would just come yes, in yes. to take a look? What other kinds of exotic meats do you carry, sir? Um, we only have uh, just some uh, common uh, meat, like a pork, beef, okay. goat, um, quail, and uh, turkey. That's it. Uh, would I be able to take those and make them into a Minoc, shaped like a Minoc? I don't know, sir. Yeah. Okay. This is, um, once again, this is Herbert calling for faking Star Wars radio. So uh, thank you for your help. I appreciate it. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Well, IG, it's sad but true. Our Life Day episode has come to a close. How do you feel about that? Ball humbug, uh, Storm Duper. Oh. Well, tell the listeners where they can find us. Uh, you can follow Baking Star Wars on Twitter and Instagram at at Baking Star Wars and on Facebook at facebook.com slash real Baking Star Wars. If you have a question for us on Twitter, please use the hashtag FSWRadio and we'll read it next week. You can also get Faking Star Wars t-shirts and other fantastic gear on T, that's T-E-E, tpublic.com slash user slash Faking Star Wars. Or you can find that on our website, fakingstarwars.net. And you can also follow me on Twitter at DuperStorm. And, of course, um, don't follow me at all. You can follow uh, also at Faking Star Wars Radio at FSW Radio on Twitter and Instagram as well. If you love what you hear and want to support us, go to our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash fakingstarwars and sign up to become a patron. You not only support fakers financially to keep making the content you love, but you'll get a reward. Join us for as little as a buck a month. Be like Darth Taxis, who is joined at the fake Jedi Knight tier. Have you written us a review yet? If not, please consider giving us a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast platform of choice. If you write a funny review, we may read it on an upcoming episode. As always, stay tuned to FakingStarWars.net for a quality Star Wars comedy, parody, and satire. And thanks to you and all of our followers for listening. Of course, may the foe be with you. See you next time. <laughs>